0: Hi, this is Brayden Nett, and you're listening to the Friar on the Farm podcast. Welcome to Friars on the
1: Farm podcast. I'm Donovan, and with me is Roy. Oh, man. All I can do right now is stare out the window and wait for spring to come. And wait for spring. Well, welcome to uh, episode 225 of of waiting god we're once again we're dude we're waiting again we are we're seeing other guys come off the board just before we came on today uh lucas giolito who had a pretty crappy season last year uh he's an innings eater he had plenty of innings but came off the board with almost 19 million a year for a two-year deal with an opt-out essentially for (laughs) pitching's getting (laughs) expensive
2: real quick but you know what? So while we're waiting, we're still working. We're working the telephones. We're working yep. the lines, getting exactly. some interviews put together. So we've got a Braden Net interview for you today. Uh, so after we're done talking about pitching and about some minor league stuff, and and just kind of wondering who the heck the Padres are going to sign to fill all these holes around the roster, uh, we've got an interview with Braden Net for you all.
1: Yeah. And and others on the way. We have others that uh, keeps getting pushed back. Our Nathan Morella, he was getting pushed back either he's having dinner or we're going out. Um, we'll be talking to him on New Year's Day, so that'll be coming up in the future. We and, might and- have a an active major league roster player
2: coming up here soon. I'm, I don't uh, I don't want to lift the lid on that too much.
1: Yeah, don't jinx that. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, but uh, yep, we're we're in talks. We're in talks. So maybe <laughs> maybe later next week we might be able to get together with
1: him. <laughs> All right, well let's let's get to it. I mean, seriously. Okay, so like, Lucas
2: Giolito. Okay, so with the Red Sox, he went eight and fifteen with a four point eight eight ERA, and he's making twenty million a year.
1: Yeah, one hundred eighty four innings. So he made thirty two starts last year. He made every start. He just was kind of dog poo, you know, through most of the season. And I think the last I thought I saw somewhere last five starts, he was just giving up homers after homers, and if. It's going to get I, real expensive.
2: I, I guess you're paying for the potential. I mean, yeah. six foot six righty who used to have ace quality stuff. Yeah, you know I mean, and I he, he hasn't been broken. So I I don't know. I he what one point seven WAR according to Baseball Reference, and you're giving him twenty million dollars for the
1: next couple of years to hit to pitch in Fenway, right? A, a right. home. A, he gave up forty one home runs last year in one hundred and eighty four innings. Uh, just about every other, you know, every three innings, <laughs> he's given up a dinger um, it's in a very hitter friendly ballpark, except for the center field there. It, it's just getting crazy. I it, what, what the Padres are going to have to do is, brother, like I said, last episode, which I've been saying this whole offseason, he's going to have to work some Preller magic. And that's not selling out the farm for a number three or number four starter or even an outfielder. But he will have to work some s- stellar magic to Get it done, you know.
2: If we had a hitter that posted an 800 OPS, we'd be pretty happy with that hitter, yeah. That's what Giolito gave up as a pitcher, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah. Blake Snell's gonna get paid, he's gonna get, I mean, because it seems like 27 million dollars is this kind of magic number that Yamamoto got, yeah. I think that's what uh, what Aaron Nola got, um, and so. I, I think that's where you start with Snell, and it goes up from there. And then it's just a matter
1: of how many years are you willing to give the guy. Yeah, it's going to be different. I, I would suspect he's going to get probably more annual average, maybe, uh, with with less years. Yeah. I, I, you know, after Nola signed and Yamamoto signed, the kind of market for him has kind of softened. And and really, it's because he had this last season was just phenomenal. The other seasons here with the Padres were were just you know, you don't know what you're going to get. And I think that's why teams are kind of backing off him going like, yeah, you had the one absolutely Cy Young year, but all the other times you were just hit and miss walking guys and just having to struggle to get out of innings. And it was consistently bad.
2: Right. But something clicked. What was it? Late April, early May, when some change happened. And after that, he was just lights out. And so is that the guy that you're getting? Uh, But it, Availability is the best ability, right? And he's never had a serious injury through his whole career, through the minors, everything. He's been the model of health. And so even when he's not Cy Young caliber Blake Snell, he's still going to take the ball every fifth day. And he's going to go out there and give you 30 plus starts every single year. And there's a lot of value to that. I mean, like, like Lucas Giolito and his 800 OPS <laughs> hitting against, you know, you're you're telling me his 180 innings is, is worth 20 million a year. Well, oh, man. So what are the Padres going to do to fill out the rest of their? Okay. So were you paying attention to Twitter at all today? There was yeah. some interesting chatter that went around. Apparently you Darvish went on a radio station and had a lot of things to say. Um, I have, so Steve Sugimoto is a golfer. He's also a Padres fan yeah. and he, uh, he warned everybody. Don't trust translations from spoken Japanese into English uh, because things, there's a lot of interpretation. There's words that can kind of be interpreted a couple of ways. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into what people were parsing, of what you Darvish was saying, but it sounds like he's campaigning really hard to get whatever Japanese players he can Roke, to come to San Diego. Was guy's
1: last name. Uh, ah, uh, Roki Sasaki, but also yeah. what, what in, in the translation it said that after when they were talking about the negotiations with signing you, was that they were gonna they weren't gonna sign uh, not Yamamoto, they weren't gonna sign uh, Otani, Otani. they weren't mm-hmm. gonna sign those guys, I, I, but the translation kind of made it sound like that they were. Well, yeah, exactly. So, okay, how do you read that one
2: way or the other? But at the same time, I don't know how you can look at the roster and you've got large contracts to Tatis, Machado, Bogarts, you know, Darvish, Musgrove, all these big money contracts and really say, yeah, let's add another half billion dollars onto this. Right. Right. Uh, so I i believe that they weren't going to seriously be suitors for those for those guys. Uh, but Shota Imanaga, Shota Imanaga is out there. Another starting pitcher, free agent. He's been posted. I think he has another two weeks to sign. Um, and then, I mean, they just signed Yuki Matsui. I love that signing. I think he's going to be a yeah. really good fit for the Padres. Uh, so whether it happens this year or next year or what, but it, I mean, it sounds like Darvish is doing his part to try to try to add a little, uh, a little Asian <laughs> you flavor, you know, San
1: Diego discount. Like- yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So real quick, we we have, I've posted from MLB today, pretty much all the, all the position players that we would be interested in. Now the potties would be interested, sorry, Uh. in. So the, the available pitching leftover is Jordan Montgomery, this is his, thir- he'll be uh, 31 years old next year. And the last two years, he's has a seven war. Clayton Kershaw, Brandon Woodruff uh, will be 31 with a five war. Marcus Stroman is still out there, uh, who's definitely going to get some coin uh, in a multi-year deal, I would think. Is that Granke? And then after, after Granke, it just kind of goes, Greinke is 40 years old, has a three war. Michael Lorenzen, 32, Clevenger, uh, you know, Rich Hill, Corey Kluber, and it goes down from there, from there, from there.
2: Um, I, I think it's a little bit of clever accounting that they're saying the last two years war, because yeah. these guys are all, I mean, Granky's 40 clerk Kershaw is 36 and he's an old 36. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are reaching the tail ends of their career. And so, yeah. Okay. The last two years. Well, what have you done lately? Jordan Montgomery is coming off a really good year. Uh, Brandon Woodruff. Isn't he out for the whole year? He had, a, he had shoulder surgery. Yeah. So I, he, Mike Clevenger had an okay season this year, and then he was bad with the Padres, and I just I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah,
1: But I think uh, Minaya had a breakout season once he applied himself, which apparently he didn't do when he was with us. My goodness. Uh, So I I don't think the
2: pitching is going to come off of the front-end free agent market, and you may see a couple of clever free agent like low key signings uh but I really do think that there's at least one more big trade out there that, that Preller is going to swing um you know you can you can look around and see where there's maybe some extra pieces a little bit extra depth here and there to, to move it. I I don't want to speak names because man the guys on the yeah. major league roster that they'd be trading from will hurt to watch go away
1: yeah absolutely uh,
2: but they've got that second tier of prospects is Merrill and Salas are probably untouchable unless right. an amazing deal shows up but then that next group of guys that we have grown to love and appreciate—Holly and Martarella and Marcy and and then Mazer and Iriarte yeah. and all of those guys—they're fair game. Yeah, if, if he sees the right fit, I mean, he'd trade his own mother for the right player.
1: Yeah, well, I, man, that's rough. <laughs> I, I I do see that. I think it's going to have to be maybe a top one of the one of the six one of the six of the top one hundred. uh that the Padres have in the MLB. And then maybe a couple of third tier guys, you know, some lower rung guys. Maybe a couple lottery picks. Maybe it's quantity over quality Mm -hmm. for for a number three or number four. Uh, Maybe with some controllable years. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what guys are out there or what you know that are on other rosters that can fit that kind of bill. Um, That's maybe hoping me. That's probably hope coming from me, thinking that they're not gonna do uh, just. I can't go through another sell the farm for a couple of guys that we absolutely need. Right. Um, When we still need to get through the trade deadline and see where this roster, not only does it shake out, but like how the season goes, we're going to need to save money uh, for the trade deadline. And we'll need to save maybe some of those prospects for the trade deadline. So, well, an interesting theory that I kind
2: of heard floated was that the Padres might think that they can go into the season without a ton of depth. With the expectation that these prospects that they have are going to be ready by midseason to start contributing, and I, I, I can see that angle. And you've got Drew Thorpe, last year's minor league pitcher of the year. He's he was in Double A, uh, strong year. And then you had all the guys that made their push up A last year. Yeah. So if even if three or four of those guys wind up being decent, there's some useful depth right there.
1: Right, but you need to get through the first month or two of the season, and you have. Three guys, maybe you know, in the starting rotation, uh, and heaven and forbid
2: then, something happened to one of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and you know, Musgrove and you didn't exactly. I mean, Musgrove finished pretty well, but he's coming off a minor injury, and so was you. They didn't have finish that strong. Um, I'm sure health will be fine once spring training starts, but still, you have to kind of hedge on the maybe they won't be absolutely as stellar as we are hoping they would be. Um,
0: you know, speaking of Musgrove.
1: Do
2: they make kettle balls that are like foam encased, that are like super <laughs> soft? Maybe on the on the bottom that it, so that if you drop one on the ground, it's not going to cause, you know, smash your toe and miss the first month of the season.
1: I, uh, every time I lift a kettlebell at the gym, I absolutely make sure I do not. I have a firm grip on it and, and lift with your uh,
2: lift with your knees, not your back. <laughs>
1: um. So moving okay. on, like so, like first baseman. So we still need if. If Cronenworth is going to play first, if is Kron- if Kron's going to play first, which in all indications is not the position for him, what's out there, and what's out there is going to be either old or expensive. You have your Reese Hoskins, who is, you know, was injured last season, uh, but at age thirty-one with a two-point-three WAR the last two years, like he's going to be expensive. Like that's going to cost some money, and it's going to cost him years as well.
2: Um, right. Carlos- and we've we've learned our lesson about spending big money on a 31-year-old first baseman.
1: Last time that happened, it didn't turn out so well. Yeah, and he's down at the very bottom here. Well, actually, Hosmer's down here at the very bottom at age 34 with a minus 1.1 ER uh of war. Sorry. Uh, but after that, you got Carlos Santana, who's 38, Brandon Belt, who EVT just had an article out on um on is he an option for the Padres? He could be. Um, Donovan Solano, who had yeah, it was a third baseman for from the Giants. Yeah, and I of was... him more
2: as like a second baseman. Now, yeah, okay. So then we have Garrett Cooper and G Man Choi. And Garrett Cooper was pretty darn good for the Padres. Yeah. Problem is right now they're right-handed bat heavy. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of left-handed hitting on that roster. So you know, Cooper's another right-handed hitter. I, I don't know if that's somebody that you would necessarily like that you would pair what. So is he going to be the platoon guy with, with Crone at first base? That didn't work out so well last year. Uh, no. G-Man Choi hits lefty Uh he didn't I mean it took him a long time to get his first knock with the Padres but I still like G-Man Choi he's a he was a good player for a long time with the race
1: right a good player for a long time with another team true, <laughs> true. Off by- I mean,
2: that's yeah. this whole list I mean okay yeah. CJ Crone, Mike Ford Trey Mancini the guy at the bottom of this list that intrigues me is Joey Votto yeah what was, now I don't know if Joey Votto's got anything left in the tank but he wants to play again
1: his, uh, his tweet today was, was really good. Um, let me find it. He's talking about free agency. He was talking about free agency. Uh, oh, but, so he wears number 19.
2: He wears number 19 because he grew up a Tony Gwynn fan. He says, okay, being a free agent is like that scene from gravity where Sandra Bullock detaches from the Explorer. You're all alone. No one is answering your calls, and you don't know if you'll get back to base. Your only hope is George Clooney saving you. Save me, George.
1: <laughs> I can't seem to find this tweet, but it was it was essentially like him out here. Oh, um, I just read it. I was just like, read it to you. Yeah, sorry, I was looking for it. <laughs> so,
2: but I mean, a left-handed hitter can can play some first base. I mean, last year we had Matt Carpenter. That, oh my God, I'm glad he's gone. Can
1: you give a roster spot to Joey Votto? Can you see him without not being in a Reds uniform? I just, I, yeah, you almost want to just because Joey
2: Votto. It doesn't seem right. I I love the personality. He's one of the most intriguing people in all of baseball. His interviews, he's, he's so, he's intelligent. He's the things he says, like you can tell when he answers a question, he really digs deep and like thinks about it. And yeah. And he's, you know, a lot of these guys are kind of kind of knucklehead ball players who, well, you know, I just go out there and play ball. No, Joey really cares and and he puts a lot of thought and heart and care. Now, last year he hit 202 with a 314 on uh, on base, uh slugged 433. So that came out to a league average OPS plus. Um, that's not necessarily what you're looking for from a first baseman, no, especially a part time first baseman that's gonna be like a timeshare platoon thing. I think that was kind of his role last year. So he should have been used in situations where being a lefty hitter, he would have had an advantage. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So then let's move on to center fielders. Right. Michael A. Taylor, Adam Duvall, Harrison Bader. Those guys are the the cream of the crop right there. As far as the major, the uh, free agent talent out there. Um, I...
1: Taylor's I have a hard writer. time
2: loving any of these guys.
1: I'm yeah. sorry. You know, Taylor uh, is defense first. He's a glove first outfielder, uh, an occasional pop. But Adam Duvall, I, he hasn't done much in the past couple of years, and he's 35. And and Bader, it, it, it's I loved Harrison Bader four years ago when he came up. Like that guy is a beast, and he just dropped off the table. He it just and Aaron Hicks, although had a really great. Um, Really guy He when he went over to was a Boston that he went over to. Where did he go over? Baltimore. Came, Baltimore, and just tore it up. Yeah, yeah so he signed he,
2: that huge contract with the Yankees. They they signed him to that big extension. Then he couldn't stay healthy. That yeah. was really his problem. You know, big guy, play center field, monster power, huge arm, Uh, but he just couldn't stay on the field. And then after that, falls right off the cliff. Billy Hamilton, Adam Engel, Kyle Lewis, Jackie Bradley Jr., thirty-four year old Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, you, know, you think of boston jackie bradley jr but those days are long ago uh we saw adam Engel up close and personal
1: yeah, uh, no, billy he didn't, hamilton he didn't even get a, he, he injured himself out of spring training we uh, did he get one that bad did he get play one game he, he played he played a few games
2: but he couldn't get a hit i mean yeah. the guy you know and then finally they they cut him loose and then you, he cut, and then yeah. we move over to left field i mean and same thing okay jock peterson tommy fam david peralta Hey, none of those guys really, I have a hard time liking Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham after seeing them both either with the Padres or in the NL West. Um, And David Peralta killed the Padres for years with the Diamondbacks, but he's 36 now.
1: And and so how good is he going to be? You know, and there's not enough coming up. Like there's got to be a show me deal there. Like certainly, I bet you there's going to be the pitching is going to get one of those, uh, you know, incentive laden low, low guaranteed average annual value uh, incentive laden starts with innings and strikeouts and, and whatever for the pitchers. I think it's the same thing. So there's a prove it deal for some of these guys. I bet you we get two guys either on trade or one of them's going to be a prove it deal.
2: Well, looking a little further down this list are three players that have been familiar names either because they've been former Padres or it seems like so AJ Preller he's always been attached to Joey, Joey Gallo. I, I don't know why, but everybody seems to think that he's got some hard on for Joey Gallo. Uh, and then you've got Travis Jankowski and jerks and pro far. And I, I, I wouldn't mind Travis Jankowski coming back to be the fourth outfielder. Yeah. And that's, that, that's what you've got a Zokar for. And he's fine for that, but he's not a starting outfielder anymore. And I don't really think Profar is either.
1: Yeah. Um, They're all all three of those guys. God, do not bring Joey Gallo. That guy swings. He really does not hit well. Um, He'll run into a homer every once in a while and you go, ooh, and ah, because he hits it real far. But it just not if we're going to really push for a playoff, you know, and obviously we're going for a wild card here. This isn't going to be winning the we're not going to win the division anytime soon. Right.
2: We you talk about proof, proof it contracts. I mean, down at the bottom of the list list, Eddie Rosario, Robbie Grossman, and Corey Dickerson. Those are three guys that I could see, you know, signing fairly low deal, knowing yeah. that they're going to get playing time, hoping that they can, you know, parlay a hot half season into a solid contract for next year. Yeah. All three of those guys have hit well in the past, especially Dickerson and Grossman. Rosario had that, that hot, postseason with atlanta a couple years ago where he seemed to kind of carry the team through a round or two um you know i think of rosario more from minnesota uh playing a little bit of center field i'm but it's hard to get excited about any of these guys i'm sorry and right
1: right so a, a trade you know i hate to say the trade's gonna have to happen right so and okay
2: so then more you're than looking one. at Hassan kim and jake Cronenworth. they're both second basemen um and Kim might be better used by another team at shortstop or third base, but knowing that they're opening up the season in Korea, knowing that they're starting the season with Manny Machado on the bench, yeah, or at least as DH, I, I, I don't know how you trade those guys, either one of those guys, and open up that spot, knowing that that's how you're going to start
1: the season. Yeah, now especially when you have, you hate to say it, with them with them Matthew Baden on the bench, uh, that could that could fill those holes and play a little platoon while Manny gets healthy. And finally, finally, Hassan Kim is doing something that we always hoped he would do. And then we trade him when he's at his peak value, which, you know, from a baseball sense, it makes sense to trade the highest value guy. And that'd be Hassan Kim for, uh, you know, for, for an outfielder or for an arm and maybe some close to ready, you know, kind of like the, uh, the, the Soto deal where you get like a major league ready guy. And then a couple guys aren't ready coming uh, close
2: i think the play there would be that you hold on to those guys and you make it through the first half of the season as you're getting close to the trade deadline you see what jackson merrill is doing in the minors yeah. you see how grand polly's coming along you see how some of these guys are looking uh aggie rosario matthew batten as you as you mentioned are these guys you know ready to contribute on a more regular basis and if they are then you can justify making a move trading away either kim or kronenworth to bring in the right players at the middle of the season, that's going to help make that playoff push. I I don't think you'd move either of those guys now.
1: No, and I agree and I agree, but, but that's just because we agree on it. Doesn't mean that it's not at least thought about. And, and I think Preller does. I think he does. I think he holds Pat. I think it's the minor league guys that get, that get pushed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's what it looks like right now. Pitching is obviously the biggest need, but you need a center fielder. You need a left fielder. You need something in the infield, yeah. you know. I, I don't know. I, we'll I don't see. know. But we'll we're see. waiting. We gotta wait. That's all we can do is sit here and wait. Yeah. And driver's absolutely crazy.
1: we'll talking about minor leagues. Um, the, the prodigal baby rattlesnake has come home. Welcome home, Luis Patino. The yes. Padres
2: claimed Luis Petinho off waivers from the White Sox. So he's coming off a couple of rough, rough seasons. Yeah. And I don't know what has gone wrong with him. To my knowledge, he hasn't had any major injuries. It's just I, I don't know if if it's
1: something between the ears. I don't know if it's that, or I still don't like the high leg kick. I mean, you saw the change that they made with Mackenzie Gore and that high leg mm-hmm. kick, and he seemed to find control. Um, you know, I, you you would think it's not that. You think if it's that easy, they'd have already done it. Um, but it's you. Know, the stuff is there. It's just it got to get over the plate.
2: Well, who helps? Who helped Mackenzie Gore work through that whole thing with the high leg kick?
1: That was the first time that we had Ruben Niebla.
2: That was like the first thing we saw Ruben Niebla do yeah. with the Padres was work in bullpens with Mackenzie Gore. Like, okay, this kid's got all this talent. Yeah. He's he's struggled, he's hit some kind of a brick wall. Let's help him work through it. And they were able to get there. Um, so if there's anybody out there that would be able to just kind of give him a reset, you know, flash his memory and and give him some fresh firmware. Let's see it. So the Padres, they've got a bunch of open spots on their roster. They've got room to hold on to somebody. Yeah. Tino, he has no minor league options. So he either sticks or he's going to be DFA'd again. Um, you know, and you either hope that he runs through waivers and you can keep him or somebody else is going to take a shot on him. Uh, but I mean, the, the talent is still there. It's just it is. his walks. His walks have gone up. He's had a hard time avoiding base hits. The strikeouts have gone down. So everything's trending the wrong direction, but the, the, the body, the athlete is still right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks really pretty. And then you're going to put him in the Pacific coast league and hope that it performs. That's going to be a tough, no, no, well, I mean, me.
2: he can't. I mean, he's no minor league option. So he's right. either on the majors or, or oh
1: shoot, yeah, okay, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So what? See what he looks like in spring training, and and go from there. Uh, but uh, what I want to see is the smile. I want to see the exuberance. I want to see that kind of i mean that childlike innocent, that, attitude yeah and
1: vibe yeah absolutely bring the
2: fun back in the and the fearlessness because that's yeah. what okay so that's the other thing when he was good his manager was pete zamora his pitching coach was uh oh help me out who was the pitching coach in fort wayne the old no, guy in, what's his in name lake, no in lake in elsinore and e? e? yeah he it was Pete Samara. He was the he was the pitching coach back then. No, he was the manager that year. No, 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 no. We talking about pitching coach? Okay. Oh, yeah. Was, well, yeah. anyway, he was the one giving us the whole baby rattlesnake thing. Yeah. So you got all these guys that worked with him when he was successful in the Padres organization. Bring him back here. Get him back with those guys, and like, let's just clear the table and get back to basics and make you you again.
1: And then build up that confidence. One inning. Put him in the bullpen. One inning. Low leverage, get some time under your belt, get that confidence back. Get Maybe the-, the bullpen is what
2: messed him up though. You know, I mean he was yeah. a starter and then 2020 happened and they needed somebody. They needed a reliever. They brought him in to be a reliever and he struggled in that role. And then they traded him over to, to Tampa. And after that, it's like he was just he was
1: wired wrong. Like, yeah. His something got crossed. Well, also, you know, when you do get traded and you see it with Blake Snell, you see it with the guys like Juan Soto, these young guys that get traded, uh Snow isn't so young, but still, like it screws with you when the organization that brought you up uh sends you away and it, you have to prove yourself all over again. And when you're that young and you have that much talent, it can get to you and it can screw it could derail your, your career for a little bit. For sure. For sure. Well, let's see what else we got. So moving on, we have okay, so this came from Minor league baseball. These prospects rebounded in a big way in 2023. Uh, who was picked was Ryan Berger, right-handed pitcher, Padres number 18 prospect. Though Berger missed the entire 2021 college season at West Virginia following Tommy John surgery, the Padres still drafted him in the sixth round and paid him four round money, fourth round money uh, at 500,000. He got bashed for a 5.84 ERA in high A in 2022, but his tough and command improved in 2023. When he compiled the 2.73 ERA, it's eighth in the minors with a 204 opponent batting average. Ditto again, eighth in the minors and 126 strikeouts and 105 and two thirds innings between high A and double A. Definitely somebody
2: to keep an eye on in that group with Snelling and Mazur and Iriarte and all those other guys. Ryan Berger, I mean, heck, he might, he might, he might push his way through ahead of all
1: of them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like that simply because you want your Robbie Snellings, you want your Adam Mazers to kind of shine, you know, develop a little bit more in, in the minors and yeah, it's it's not, you know, it, and he did. I watched a bunch of his starts last year. He did, did really well. Um so I I predict him to make a start. You know, I I think he's a little bit older. I think he's 25, 26. Mm -hmm. uh in in double a so he's got the age and you have to either put up or shut up i would think uh hate to say it like that um it
2: kind of seems like a matt waldron kind of a scenario a guy that that knows how to avoid hard contact doesn't strike out a ton of guys but doesn't walk a lot of guys either um gets a lot of ground balls so i could see him being a a shuttle guy for the padres maybe the second half
1: yeah and if he and if he does well a couple good starts you know he sticks around
2: yep for sure uh, you know Leo what? Rosales is the name I was trying to think of. Okay. All right. Pitching coach in like <laughs> Elsinore. Maybe he wasn't the pitching coach that year. Uh, but in anyway, another
1: familiar face. Absolutely. Um, you know, and if, you know, and Berger doesn't make it as a starter, put that kid in the bullpen. Oh yeah. I mean, they're going to need help
2: throughout the whole season and and you look at that depth chart i keep going on to fan graphs they've got their roster resource where they they line up who like if the season started today these are the guys that would be in the bullpen and these are the guys that would be in triple a and i still look at that bottom half of that bullpen and it's like most of those guys have no business being on a major league (laughs) roster on opening day you know throughout the season yeah yeah. by all means come up and contribute but man
1: need 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 some depth It is rough. So the other little bit of news that we have uh, came from uh, from the guys at Pipeline, MLB Pipeline. uh, Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo, eight prospect related predictions for 2024. Um, Pipeline pitcher of the year by Jim Callis, Robbie Snelling. Yeah, he says I'm going to
2: go with Robbie Snelling. Last year he had a 1.82 ERA and got to Double A by the end of the year. What's not to like about this guy. It's a quality fastball that nobody hits. It's a quality curveball, One of the better breaking balls in the minor leagues. The changeup is coming along fine. He throws a ton of strikes. He's left-handed. He has tremendous mound presence. Um, You know what? And after we talked to him a few weeks ago, I'm, I'm that much more a fan of him. You can tell that he's got the maturity. He's got the attitude. He's got the competitive nature, but he's learning. He's a sponge. He's soaking this stuff up. And like, he didn't even know about game planning. To right. start the season, you know, taking notes, doing advanced scouting on guys. That's something that he was learning this year. And I mean, it takes guys a couple of years to, to fine tune all that stuff.
1: I think, I think Snelling is uh, Jim Callis' new Mackenzie Gore. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, I love it. Let's go. You know, absolutely. And, and the, the one thing with Robbie is, is you know, he he knows it's a process, like so. If he does make it up to the majors doesn't get shelled, it's not the end of the world. Like, there's learning to be done, there's improvements to be made, and adjustments to be made. And this kid's got the mindset, he's got the makeup to do that.
2: Well, you keep waiting for him to hit that struggle, and I'm sure the Padres want to see how he deals with a little bit of adversity. Uh, he hasn't seen it yet. So, when he's gonna hit that rough patch, it'll be interesting to see how he reacts. But I mean, talking to him, it sounds like he's. He's got the right kind of mindset to be able to take a step back, figure out what's up, and then take another run at it. So So I I thought Jonathan Mayo took the big swing here. His prediction for number one prospect at the end of the year, Ethan Salas. He says, I'm going to go with Ethan Salas. Obviously, he kind of took the prospect world by storm after he signed just last January. He kept moving and ended up in double A. Now this year, I think we can pump the brakes a little bit. he doesn't turn 18 until June, he's so far ahead of the curve. They could send him wherever they want. Even if they want to send him back to high A, where he only spent nine games before moving up to San Antonio for the very end of the year in the postseason. I think his combination of tools, his ability to catch, his youth, and his off-the-charts makeup, he's just going to keep getting better.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to see him in Fort Wayne next year. Absolutely, start in Fort Wayne, do half the season there, see what he does to the All Star break, and if he needs to stay there all season, let him stay there all season. If they want to push him up after the All Star break, you know, when you get a good two, two and a half months of, uh, and plus one month of cold ass weather in Fort Wayne, absolutely.
2: Yeah, I, he kind of got an audition. He got a taste of yeah. of these different things, and we're gonna see a lot of him in spring training. Yeah, he's I doubt I highly doubt he'd get an invite to major league spring training, but he's going to be catching bullpens. He's going to be pulled up into big league games a whole lot. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see just just how he mixes in with everybody there, you know, being what, 17 years old, you know, hanging out with a bunch of guys that are 10 years older with it than him. And the game holds up already.
1: Yeah. And if he does, if they do put him in double A, which I think would be a little bit aggressive. Uh, let's just be there so he can get to working with the, all the guys that are in the double-A the uh, rotation, um, expect him to struggle and be okay with it. Like it, the glove is there. The, the the glove isn't the problem. It's the bat. And there's still, as we know of talking to Robbie, there is still some stuff to learn, tons of development to learn behind the dish, but the bat's going to struggle at 17 playing against much older, much more advanced uh, competition. But I think that only makes them better. Um, I, that that makeup is going to let him get through some of those struggles um, that he probably will have going if he starts in double A.
2: Right. but well, and there was even there's even been a little bit of chatter about uh, uh about him possibly making his major league debut in 2024. I have a hard time seeing that, but you know, I guess if everything falls, if all the dominoes fall, know yeah, it's it's possible.
1: You have him back up. Yeah. You have him come up and back up Luis Camposano because Camposano is your number one catcher right now. Yep. 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 You got and Camposano you- with
2: Higashioka. And then you got Brett Sullivan right there. I, I like that depth at that position right now. Uh you got Brandon Valenzuela. You've got a, a handful of other talented catchers in the I mean the Padres are deep at catcher. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we look at Salas like he is the catcher of the future, but there's a handful of guys that if you squint just right, you could see them at, at least playing some time in the majors yeah absolutely Um, all right well speaking of the majors our last little note on here this is also from mlb.com thomas harrigan will these strong finishes carry over into 2024 and this is about new guy michael king they list him as a starting pitcher reliever for the padres King has started only 19 games across five MLB seasons, but his performance in eight appearances after joining the Yankees rotation this past August was impressive enough that New York was able to make him one of the key pieces in a trade package for superstar outfielder Juan Soto. Over 38 and a third innings in that span, King struck out 48 batters with only nine walks and recorded a 1.88 ERA with a 2.47 FIP. King actually threw harder on average as a starter than he did as a reliever and his ability to put batters away with all four of his pitchers. He had a strikeout rate of 26.2 or better with his four seamer, sinker, sweeper, and changeup bodes well for his future as he transitions to a full-time starting
1: role. So right now that guy sits as our number four, number three. Yeah. Yeah. Num- yeah he's the number, number three. three starter really. And let him do it. Let him, let him do it. Like come in the spring, show him what he's got. If he's built up to to a full starter's uh, workload, let him do it. It's kind of like Seth Lugo in in a way.
2: He's had so many health issues. Lugo hadn't really fought through that many health issues, but Lugo had been a reliever his entire career. And then finally the Padres gave him a chance to start. King came up as a starter, uh, but in his major league time, he'd been a reliever until that last part of the season when he finally started got, got to start some games. Um and maybe it's a matter of being comfortable with the routine. Uh some guys, the deeper they pitch into the games, they start to get stronger. Um, you know, we heard uh we heard uh Ryan Weather's old man give that argument that he pitches, you know, he's he's not a reliever because he can't just roll out of bed and start pumping yeah. gas. Some guys take an inning or two to really get warm up. And I mean you see that with you Darvish all the time. He goes out there, has a kind of rough first inning and then once he hits you know Fires once down. he gets leveled out then it's all good
1: you um, know and at, twi- uh, at 28 also with with king like it, it is like we need to see what he can do oh yeah and 20 it's not exactly uh old but it's not exactly a spring chicken uh and kind of being the headpiece in that Soto trade we're going to need him to be a number three unless Prowler does some really really works his magic Right. Well, you
2: got him and you also got Brito and you also got Vasquez. All of them can contribute both as a starter or a reliever. You got Drew Thorpe back there in the bullpen yeah. um, or back there in the minors. who will he'll be. I think he's going to be ready to, to contribute to the starting rotation, maybe even first half of the season. And then you got his. He got Shioka as a catcher. Yeah, I I'm we, we've already made our peace with the trade, but I keep maybe I'm just yeah. trying to justify it to myself. Because <laughs> I, today I saw an article somebody's predicting Juan Soto to be the AL MVP next year, and it's like, man, yeah, that's, oh.
1: that's that's pumped up brakes on that. There are a lot of really good ball players in in the American League.
2: Yeah, it, but it, I mean, we saw what Juan Soto did in Petco Park, Dodger Stadium san francisco you know these big ballparks and now he's going to go play half his games in yankee stadium with that short left port the short porch on both sides really because both corners are real pinched into yankee stadium then you go to boston and he's got the short porch in right field and that big wall he can just go play pepper with all day
1: god you're right he may murder murder a couple people
2: And, and I think he really is gonna love the environment, being in all the spotlight. And all... anyway, we're not here to talk about guys that aren't with the Padres anymore. But yeah, no,
1: no more. <laughs> and, and I and I have a little bit of a hot take. I I that light's gonna shine bright on him. I, it might be a little too bright. I think it might be a little hot. Yeah, yeah. I'm just just my. He's a kid still. He's very young. Absolutely, absolute stud. But I, I you know. If he doesn't perform, if he has the start of the year that he did with the Padres when he came over, like he's going to get chewed up by the New York media. Uh, I think he's going to hit
2: the ground running and just go bananas. It's a contract year for him, too. Yeah, it's true. So what's to say that he doesn't go out there and win the AL MVP, and then by that time, the Padres have reset their finances and welcome home. Here's a big, fat contract. Come on back, Juan Soto, and be our left fielder for the next decade. No.
1: Now, nah, too expensive. What? <laughs> what? Hey, well, with you know, we and here's the same thing we thought about, you know, when we signed Manny Machado, when we when we when we signed Fernando Tatis Jr., that the Mackenzie Gores were going to come up and we were going to infuse this really top heavy uh roster with young guys. And then we ended up trading all those guys for Juan Soto and a bunch of pitching, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, well, now that we're looking at trading a bunch of guys for a bunch of pitching,
1: uh... well, one of the guys that. I don't think is on the trading block, but certainly did very well this year is right in net. And he came on the scene, like I said before, I, I saw him start. I saw it started like Elsinore when I went to go talk to uh, JB jr. It's um, a,
2: you know, it's an interesting conversation that we had with him and what kind of, what I wanted to pull in away from it is, sorry, is Homer bus jr. How do you, how do you find the confidence in yourself? When you haven't had the opportunity to really show what you can do yeah. facing good quality competition for a couple of years, how do you how do you find that confidence in yourself to really just let it eat and become, you know, the the person that that is hiding deep down inside of you? Um, and I, I think Braden kind of got a taste of it and yeah. getting an opportunity to go pitch in the Arizona Fall League and being around all these guys with the big league attitude. He mentioned that that, like, mm-hmm. I'm a big leaguer, I belong here he belonged there as much as as, as much as those guys yeah. so what's to say that he can't go off and find his way on a big league roster in the in the near future
1: in the near in in, in the little bit of future he's still this first full season was he was drafted this year um the stuff is there absolute stuff is there um going kind to of build that confidence up and the sky's the limit for this kid. I, I, Like I said, I was a big fan of him. Went, Who is this kid throwing 96 consistently with a gnarly breaking ball? And then, you know, he made a couple starts in, in Elsinore. Didn't get that many innings during the season, but they brought him up to the AFL. And I think it's, he started. It, his first three starts were just lights out. And uh, I think it was the last game that he got kind of roughed up. But it was a playoff game that he got kind of roughed up. Ruffed up. Ruffed. Ruffed up. <laughs> It's getting late here in the San Diego house, um, but I'm certainly stoked to see where he ends up next year. Probably going to be in Lake Elsinore. Uh, I'd love to see him work his way up to Fort Wayne and maybe uh push his way up to you know push his way up to Double A, uh, maybe in a in a in a bullpen role
2: right i mean when i said near future i mean like in the next year or two you know yeah. if he makes it up to double a this year and finishes the year strong that's a great season yeah. and then we'd be talking about him next off season in the same kind of terms that we're using right now to talk about ryan bergert adam Mazur, some of these other guys
1: absolutely
0: all right so well out-
2: let's let's introduce you all our new friend of the podcast brayden Nett.
1: Nett was signed as an undrafted free agent in 2022 out of the MLB Draft League via St. Charles Community College. In 2023, the Troy, Missouri native had nine starts in the Arizona Complex League with a 4.28 ERA, making it to single A Lake Elsinore in September, where his good showing propelled him to the Arizona Fall League. In the Fall League, he racked up 21 punch outs in 17 innings with his mid-90s fastball and a nasty curveball. He joins us here on Friars on the Farm podcast. Welcome to the show, Braden. Thank you, thank you. Nice to have it. Nice to be on it. Excited, dude. So you're at home now,
0: right? Yeah, I'm at home.
1: Okay, so just let us
0: let our let our listeners know what you throw. What's your arsenal? Um, I mean, obviously a pretty good fastball, I'd say. Get some good metrics on it. Got a fastball, two seam cutter, and it's actually a sweeper, not a curveball. Okay. I, it's a sweeper, but and then I'm working on a changeup right now. So that little four pitch arsenal right there
2: working on a change up so what what does that mean are you are you still playing with different grips different different like releases what are you what are you doing
0: yeah i'm not really comfortable throwing it in the zone that's the part i'm trying to work on i I found a grip that i really do like it feels good out of the hand but it's just kind of the control part of it does it does it tumble does it dive what does it do i want it to tumble but it starts it it starts to fade a little too much but i want it to go like more down than have like arm side around
2: I, I hear that that's a pitch. People just have like guys have a relationship with it, and it's yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. they love it, sometimes they're not friends.
0: It's a, it's a complete feel pitch.
1: Yeah, Well, that's more like my first question because your slider is more like it's more like a sweeper. But you yeah. know when you when I'm watching on on MLB TV and MLB TV, it's like okay, that's like a curveball. That yeah. had a lot of break.
0: Yeah, and I know I noticed that too, and I saw it on video. It kind of does look like a curveball.
1: Okay, so dude, do, do in high school you played basketball. Yeah, that was my main sport. You were a stud on the court and you can hit threes. I watched a bunch of videos of that. Um, yeah. Was it, was there any thought of going college for basketball?
0: Yeah, there, it was until about junior year, the offers kind of start dying down and more like baseball offers kind of started picking up. So just decided, decided to go to baseball.
2: Word on the streets is that AJ Preller likes to play a little backup, uh, yeah. a little pickup basketball. Um uh, last spring did you have a chance to play any out there with the guys
0: no i actually didn't get the chance but a lot of guys kind of nudged me to kind of ask him to start playing so i might do that next spring training
2: so are you like a like a wing sharpshooter out on the on the side
1: or are you more of a distributor
0: you know i, I like to see myself i can do it i can do it all i'm a little i can do a little bit of everything nice nice
1: all right so then you went to Ch- st charles high school i couldn't find any stats for first for st charles of the community college yeah
0: yeah, uh, I only went one year and I was ineligible, so I never pitched a college okay. inning.
1: All right, so then how then you went and played in the Appy League? How did how did that transition from you know essentially from high school to the Appy League start?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, throwing not being able to throw for a year to like live batters was kind of intimidating. Going into the Appy League, got hurt in that league and then came back, went to St. Charles, ineligible. Still didn't throw to anybody. And then I went to the draft league. So finally got to see people live. And I don't know. It just happened to be good, I guess. I don't know. So yeah.
2: I don't mean to pry, but what, what was the injury, if you don't mind?
0: Uh I just had like a little like flexor. I think I don't know. It was a long time ago. I think they said it was like a flexor strain, something with my forearm.
2: Okay. I mean nothing you need to have surgery <clears> or anything like that. You were just on the shelf for a
0: while. Yeah.
2: Man, that's gotta be frustrating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No reoccurring injury. So that's yeah. Huge. So well, I mean, we up- always when we get to yeah. the end of the season,
2: we're always talking about okay, what were your goals? What did, and most important is that you finish the season healthy. So yeah, I mean, that's where you are. You made it all the way through the fall league, uh throwing gas, you play the all-star, the fall star game. Um, you know, so it's a successful season. Uh, but it sounds like it was a rough road for you between high school and finally getting to pro ball.
0: Yeah. It's just matter of fact, I'm seeing like actual competition. Cause like that jump, where I never got to see any college baseball hitters, and I just went straight from like high school level to this is day and night. Let me tell you,
1: yeah, I'm sure you're blown by guys with the fastball in high school, yeah. and all of a sudden, guys are laying off, laying yeah. off the high outside stuff. So, you grew up in, in outside of St. Louis, actually about an hour outside of St. Louis, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you a Cardinals fan growing up. I am, um, yeah, all my life. Who's your boy? Who's your guy? Adam Wainwright, uh, Wayno, love that, How guy. You know. I love to hate that guy. I mean, he's, he's a people person. The, dude, he is he has been the bane of the Padres existence since <laughs> since he's been in the league. But, but he okay. seems like such a nice guy. Right. Right you just you,
0: can't you, hate him. Right.
1: That's why I say I love to hate the guy. I, I like good ball players. I like, you know, it, it sucks because they do so well against the Padres. And and believe me, we have the the, the team has been has lacked the talent for a long time in, in Minor yeah. Roy's lives. Um so to see the way he kind of went out and um, just the kind of competitor he is and got you know, I follow him on Twitter. It's a great follow on Twitter. It's great to see that guy kind of get uh, all the just desserts that he got, you know, mm-hmm. as he made this last year through the league. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I enjoyed it. He was
2: in the booth a little bit in the post-season and that was yeah. neat hearing his insight on things, but I mean, he's not, he's not one of these guys that ever blew it by everybody. He's, He's like the crafty, and that makes it that much more frustrating to watch. It's like, why can't we hit this guy?
1: Yeah.
2: That curveball.
0: That curveball, I know.
1: Was nasty. So, so in high school, you were 90, 91, and then somewhere your velo jumped. Did you work on that, or did you just grow into it?
0: I think I just kind of grew into it. It was uh, 2020, 2021. I was sitting, like like you said, like 90, 91, and then just a couple weeks later, out of nowhere, I hit a seven, and then velo just started creeping up from there. I can I guess grew into it. I guess, dude. That
1: yeah. Okay. Dude. So so then you went. You played for the uh, the William Crosscutters. Now you got
0: some innings there. How uh, how was playing? Was playing in Williamsport. It was really fun. Good good environment. I liked the guys down there. It was awesome. They always. They. I mean, the manager told us that like it's gonna be the closest thing to pro ball. And after being in pro ball, I 100 agree. It was a great experience. A lot of good baseball. Did
1: you learn a lot there with uh you know with mechanics
0: and arm care. Oh, yeah. Our manager, Jesse Litch, great guy. I think he's one of the big reasons why I'm here right now. Nice. Guy. Nice. So the, in, in
1: Williamsport, these draft leagues, you know, they used to be minor league teams. And mm-hmm. a lot of their community, you know, they're
0: in the community. What kind of community stuff did you guys do as a team? Um, I didn't partake in any of it, but I remember there was a, I think they did some food drives or something, but I, I don't know. I was kind of shy and didn't really want to Okay, do all did that you- stuff, I guess.
1: That's all right. Being shy is all right. Being quiet and keep your head down is all good. Um, Then a bunch of these guys in that league are played in the fall league. Did yeah. you hook up with any of those guys in the yeah. fall league?
0: Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, one of my teammates on the fall league, um, Troy Taylor, he was the year before me, cross cutter. So I got to talk to him for a little bit about the experience down there. It's pretty fun.
2: So this was your first, your first time playing like competitive balls since you were in high school um what were like was there a shock were there adjustments you had to make was there a steep learning curve
0: i mean the only adjustments i had to make was kind of like the mental side of the game for the longest time i really didn't feel like i believed like down deep that i like belonged out there Mm -hmm. for a while like i still kind of feel that way but you just kind of get had to get past that and just compete with the guy in front of you
2: and they call that imposter syndrome uh, yeah. but you mentioned coach Litch and he had a major league career. Was, was he, did he have like some sit down moments with you to try to try to hype you up or how'd that, how that happen?
0: It was, yeah, he, he, he definitely saw something in me that I didn't. And he kind of like started to peel away the layers to get to that. And I, I he just kind of started the process. I feel like a little earlier than I should have, but all right. All right. All right. Ah, okay. So, so how then, did the
2: Padres signing yeah.
0: wind up happening?
2: Yeah. So you're playing independent league. You are not independent league, but the, uh, the draft league. Um, did you know that you were being scouted? Were you talking to anybody?
0: Uh, mm-mm. I was, at, I talked to the Rockies scout for like 15 minutes and said, he might like reach out in the future. So then I just went back home and lived my real life for another week or so working at home Depot and then got the call randomly from a Padre guy asking me if I wanted to play for him. So I was like,
1: why not? Did you did you have an advisor or agent at the time or Mm-mm. Wow so yeah. no commission that's nice
0: Yeah
1: nice it's all your
2: <laughs> What were you doing at, at Home Depot Were you uh, Were you can
1: shelves selling shelves Okay shelving All right Yeah All right so, Hey my so my brother's a department uh department manager for Lowell's in uh in Paris Tennessee We're okay. um we're all from San Diego but they moved out to Tennessee a long time ago and uh, yeah so so I get like out I, there Yes. What other so so the crossroads you have played in Williamsport, where else did you guys travel to in, in that league?
0: Uh, it was, it was mainly all up in the east. Like, uh, we went to where did we go? Gosh, oh, having a brain fart here. Like, it's all right. That's it. was West Virginia. I know we went to West Virginia, Ohio. I forget the see, places they were called. You uh, got
2: you got State College Spikes, the Fritt, yeah. Frederick Keys, Mahoning Valley Scrappers, the Trenton Thunder. And the West Virginia Black Bears.
0: Okay, yeah. So, New Jersey, Ohio, West Virginia, all in that area up there. Beautiful country. Yeah. First time being out there was exciting.
1: All right. So, you signed with the Padres. You go to spring training. uh, you got to tell us, what what, what, what did that feel like?
0: (laughs) I can't explain it, honestly. It was just complete awe for me. Like, seeing these guys on TV all my life, not even expecting. Like, I grew up not being a prospect, really. So, it kind of just happened like that like snapping a finger. So yeah, it was just a lot to take in for a month.
2: So you, you talk about how shy you are, but you, did you find, did you make up the gumption to go and talk to anybody? I mean, you got Trevor Hoffman right there. You got you Darvish, you got all these amazing players right there.
0: Yeah. I try, I try, I try to like ask some questions here and there, but I get a little overwhelmed. The only, the only person I really had to go talk to is Matt Carpenter just cause I grew up watching him. Had the privilege to see him in person, which was pretty awesome.
2: Nice, nice. That was
0: your boy, right? <laughs> yeah, he was my boy.
1: <laughs> Another guy. I love to hate that guy. I'm like, the Cardinals yeah. were were so good. You know, they always talk about the Cardinal way. They, uh, you know, they're always every year, even the past couple of years, when you know their team wasn't that great. I'm like, they're gonna make the playoffs. The Cardinals always mm-hmm. find a way to make the playoffs. I was surprised that uh Harrison Bader kind of didn't didn't yeah. work out as much as. Mm-hmm. You know, he has so much promise and they trade him off to the Yankees and, you know, there's still plenty of time for him to kind of kick it up to a gear that I think he's, uh, that he can, I can need hit. But- yeah. I still see a lot of potential in him. All right.
2: So growing up in high school, whatever, you never really saw technology. And now you go to spring training and there's edgertronic cameras. You've got rapsido. You've got, you got iPads at everybody's station. Um, was this like the first time that you were around that kind of like analytic technology?
0: uh the rap soto no we had that in high school actually but all the other stuff like i'm brand new to all that stuff still trying to learn the ropes in that little category of baseball
2: has it influenced anything have you like tried messing with anything that you do or trying to just keep it simple
0: yeah i just try to keep it simple i don't really like i don't really like seeing all that i'm more of like if i see it move good then i like it like it's just how i see it not what i see on the camera or whatever or like the metrics
2: I mean, ultimately that has to be, you know, is, are my pitches doing what I want them to yeah. do? Are they, are they, are they fooling the batters? Now, it could mm. get to a point I could see where something, you know, like I'm a golfer and I know that over time, like things change and you don't really know about mm. it. Um, So like your slider isn't quite breaking the same as it used to be. I could see how that would be. Okay. Let's look at what your video was from 2023 when things were good. And now, you know, not saying that things are going kind to of slack, but you know, that's, I am I'm, I'm fascinated by that side of it, of, of the, you know, how do you meld the technology with the like traditional scouting, the eye test kind of thing?
0: Uh, I don't, I don't really know, to be honest. I'm like, like I said, I'm still kind of new, all this stuff. Still trying to figure out what I trying to pick out of like trying to figure out what I need to learn with that kind of stuff. So,
2: well, let's step back to spring training. Okay. So you show up, you got your locker and you've got mm-hmm. all the gear, You've got a duffel bag that's gold with, or you know, brown and gold. You got workout shorts and all this. Was it? How, what was the swag like when you showed up on your first day?
0: Oh, dude, it was amazing. Sent so many snaps to all my buddies back home. Had to send so many pictures. <laughs> like, look at all this stuff, guys.
2: How about like <laughs> cleats and gloves and all that? Have you figured out a hookup for any of that? For yeah, for I just
0: I just got an agent like the first week of the fall league, and he's been hooking me up with some stuff.
2: There you go. Cause I always hear about that but guys having to buy their own bats and buy their own you know, people yeah, having yeah. to go over to Dick's sporting goods because they're out of batting gloves. It's like, come on, man, take care yeah. of these guys.
0: I did that for the first year and then I finally just got an agent. Dude,
1: that's awesome. I, I did I did fantasy camp in February. Fargo. And um just like you, we walk into the we walked to the major league clubhouse, yeah, and I'm like, there's my name above the board, got all the like uniforms out, got like the nice warm-up jacket. I'm like, God damn, that's snap, 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 snap. Yeah, this was, is what it, it
0: feels
1: was, like to be a big leaguer. <laughs> oh my god, dude. And then I walked well, so it, it was happening right around the same time uh Strength Camp was happening. Mm-hmm. And we've had the podcast for a while. So I ran into Jagger Haynes, I ran into um you know Josh Mears, the guys that we've had on the yeah. podcast, and, and uh and Tom Cosgrove. I'm like, dude, what's going on? He's like, <laughs> Hey, I'm like President Form like, Yeah, what's going on? I'm like, dude, you like you're knocking on the door. This is in February of this year so i'm like dude you're knocking on the door I'm like yeah i'm pretty close I'm like good luck man so uh you probably saw a bunch of it were you there in february
0: yeah i was actually
1: you saw a bunch of old guys yeah, yeah. eating food you're like oh, what are these punks stealing all my holiday <laughs> bacon for man <laughs> yeah. um that was us i was there and that was that was phenomenal um, you guys are wearing
0: better jerseys than we do in the aco uh, you
1: know <laughs> <laughs> hey it's not as bad as the guys in dsl you know i yeah. They're still wearing the blue. I think they're wearing yeah. browns now, but a couple of years ago, they were still wearing the blues. They're just a hand-me-down oh, yeah. to the hand-me-downs. Yeah. Um, All right, so you got signed, and that
2: first summer, you only pitched in three games. Um. Mm-hmm. Was that, like, just kind of easing you into things? Did you mm-hmm. think that there was a chance you might you might leave the the complex?
0: No. I, they, they told me pretty early that I was just going to – they just knew I didn't really have that many miles on my arm and not much experience, so they kind of wanted to, like, build me up that first like couple months when I was there.
2: So heading into that first off season, did they lay out like a, a plan on what they wanted you to do to, you know, what kind of strength, of strength, like flexibility, what kind of stuff did they have you working on that first off season?
0: Uh, they didn't really like sit me down and give me a bunch of stuff, but they were definitely like, because we could still talk to the guys, like, cause there's no dead period last year. So we could still like reach out and kind of ask like, Hey, like kind of lost here. Can you give me some stuff I need to work on? Like, I think I'm not, as mobile here, can you give me some stuff to like get more mobile, like that kind of stuff? But this year, it's kind of just like I, I figured it out a lot. This first year, where I kind of like the last couple of months kind of sat down, wrote down what I need to work on, like where my weaknesses are, where I need to attack in the offseason, like, like all that, et cetera.
2: That's going to be a hard thing to figure out yeah. how to do, just how to be honest in
1: evaluating
2: yourself.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah
0: it and is asking for help. So like this you, year,
1: you, you want to kind of feel like you've you kind of want to feel like uh, we afraid to ask questions. They got to be afraid to ask questions. It takes a lot of courage to go like, "Hey, I need I need help." Um, yeah. And you know, because
0: you're in the minor leagues, you're developing. You like you're still learning mm. all this stuff. Mm, for sure, for sure. I, like you said, I, like you just said, I was kind of scared to ask questions that first couple of months. But after I got the first couple out, it was fine.
2: Well, you're trying to keep a low profile. You don't want your new, your new boss. You're trying to impress everybody. Um, you don't want to show any chinks in the armor, but I, I think the sports has kind of started to evolve a little bit where they're talking about, about, I mean, they want you to be honest about health. If you're feeling something, yeah. say it. And, you know, cause they don't want you to go out and get hurt. And plus the whole psychological side of things, you know, they understand that people need, people need help. They need guidance. You don't just do it by yourself. Yeah. So, this year, you got off to a bit of a slow start. You didn't start pitching until June. Uh, but once you did, things were going pretty good. So what was what was that whole process like?
0: Uh, yeah, so spring training got hurt, like, the first week of spring training. So they just shut me down the rest of spring training and just kind of – I think I took, like, a month off of just not throwing at all. And then, like, gradually just started building back up. Uh, my main thing that I, like, had to work on to get back and, like, healthy was, like, I didn't do any – treatment on my arm after like i was done throwing like i just didn't know like the equipment to use in there and like i was just never introduced to any of this stuff so i kind of learned it on my own but shoot i forgot the question
2: well you got strength and conditioning coaches around so there are a couple of people that were kind of like hey come over
0: here take a look at this try Mm this Mm -hmm. i think also they kind of wanted me to like be willing to like go ask questions and be curious and like wanting to get better so i think it's kind of like that in between, where like they don't really give you it; like they don't give you a handout. Like they expect you to come ask questions,
1: right? It's 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 work. It, it's it's yeah. work,
0: and you know
1: it, it's funny because even when I'm at work, like if I ask my boss, I like, all right, boss, and I tell my I tell my people all the time, ask the same question five million times because I'd rather have you. I'll tell you how to do it correctly, yeah. you know, slowly, correctly the first time, rather than you think you know how to do it, screw it up, and then it goes wrong. Someone gets hurt, or someone doesn't get fed. I, I'm man- food manager. So like even then I'm like God Dwight, I'm gonna ask someone else I wanna ask my buddy like hey what do we do here again you know just to kind of <laughs> like just not look like I don't know what I'm doing I totally identify with that imposter syndrome yeah. um even at 54 years old I kind of go through the same thing um but going into okay so so I I wanna know what you've what you've learned what you've kind of figured out so far
2: because uh, for the most part you're a star you've also had some relief appearances. At this point, what have you kind of worked out as like a routine before, you know, you're going into pitch? And then what have you done afterwards to try to help establish an arm care program for yourself?
0: So like I usually throw like one bullpen a week before my start. And then I just before the bullpen, I really don't like do anything extra. I just kind of do my throwing program, get it in, get all my like after arm care stuff in. But it's really like after that first like that bullpen that week, I start to like really grind into it. Um, what do I do? Sorry.
2: So do you use the massage gun? Is it heat? Is it ice? Is it certain
0: stretches? I do. It's like a it's like a little dumbbell that we use. I, I like this one they showed me, but it's just like a little arm care. Like you do your eyes, T's and Y's with the little dumbbell just to like strengthen up a little. Yeah. Cause they said like my muscles in my shoulder were too weak. That's why I got hurt. So like Mm. pretty much after every time I throw, I just make sure I hit those little small shoulder, like muscle groups that I know are weak. And ever since then I've been feeling amazing.
2: So I sit out by the bullpen at Petco park. Uh, My wife and I, we've got a half season package and it's always interesting to me to see the guys. So yeah, the game starts first few innings, everybody's down under uh, downstairs and then they come up (laughs) and they all start stretching and they're, everybody has a different routine. This guy's over here with the bands and then he's over there throwing the plyo ball against the wall. Right. And somebody's over here doing yoga and like calisthenics looking, looking things. I just, I find it interesting that everybody's got their own different little thing. And that just comes from trial and error, trying different yeah, things right. and seeing what works and watching sure. other people do their thing. Uh, I remember Joey Lucchese had this, this like long fiberglass stick. that had little <laughs> weights at the ends. And it's like, no, shoulder. Yeah. And it's like, it looks so weird, but, but it, it, it must work for him.
0: It feels good. I love that thing. Yeah. I, that's like, what you said right there is like kind of like trial and error, like figuring out what works for you because that first year I would definitely ask some like teammates, like, Hey, what are you doing right there? Like, what's the purpose of like what you're doing that for? They kind of like tell me and I would try it and I would either like pick it up. Like if I like it or if I don't, I just kind of like, man, what's whatever. It's whatever.
2: So did you feel like you were getting stronger as this season went on once you yeah. finally got on the mound?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, just velo came so easy this year. It was insane. Like, I don't understand it, really. I, <laughs> I guess don't
2: ask know. any questions when it's, yeah. when it's working like right. that.
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so hey,
1: you, you're going to you see my long... 96 with run. Did you see my 96 with run?
2: <laughs> yeah, right? So I got your game log up here, and so – in the ACL, you're going like an inning, inning and two-thirds, three innings. And then all of a sudden, you show up and you throw six innings of no-hit ball. What happened on that day?
0: Had some good sleep the night before, I guess.
2: <laughs> I guess that's the lesson. Go, go to bed yeah. early. When, you, when your mom tells you to go to bed, you go to bed. I mean,
0: it's just You just woke up and felt good, and it just all clicked? Um, I guess one thing I do remember from that day is uh, our pitching coach, Robbie Price, I remember me and him sat down before that game and like that was like the first day he really like he asked me some questions like hey what do you really like want to get out of this game and we kind of just sat down I'm like I really want to be like 50% in zone this game and like that's what we hammered on that game and I'm pretty sure I ended the game with like 54% in zone or something like the best I've ever had in my life which I think just having that goal before you go into an outing and just focusing on that goal and nothing else really beneficial.
1: Yeah, definitely, because the because the I mean the strikeouts are there, but the the walks are coming. Um, yeah. You clean up those walks, man, and I'm telling you, you are, you're on a fast track to the majors with that with the fastball and that sweeper that you have. Um, you know, you're going to be turning heads, and hell, you turn heads in the AFL. Um, coming into Lake Elsinore, so then you get out of you get out of the um, out of the fall not of the fall like, out of the complex, out to Lake Elsinore. Did you did you drive? Did you take an Uber? How'd you get out there? Me uh, and Uber.
2: oh my god that'd be the most expensive uber ever
0: as long as i don't gotta pay for it right (laughs) yeah no i I I caught a ride caught a ride with a teammate who kind of moved down at the same time as me who was it uh romeo sanabria all right ah he and he drove yeah he's a big boy yeah he is small car too okay All right, so so you,
2: were you in Lake Elsinore long enough to get a room or are you just in a hotel? Cause you were only there for what? A, a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. I was there for three weeks. I, I luckily did get an apartment though. Who who'd would you room in, with? Uh, who was it? Breck Eichelberg. I, I forgot his last name. Uh, Homer Bush. And then Kobe Robinson. Us four.
1: Kobe Robinson. Flamethrower.
0: Yeah. Flame thrower.
1: yeah. That sidearm too. Had uh, him on the podcast. In fact, when I, I went to interview uh, Homer, uh, and stayed and watched your start. And that's where I'm like, who, who is this kid? You were throwing BBs. You had the, you know, you had this, I thought it was a curveball. You had the sweeper. I'm like, who the hell is this? I'm like, Braden Nett, this is a guy to keep an eye on. And, it, you know, then I, I think it caught maybe one more start before the fall league started. Cause you were, I, I was there for the last week of the season. Um, And then you made it to the fall league. And I think by then they were, have told you that you were going to the fall league. Did you know then? Yeah. I, I knew like the last week while I was
0: in Lake Elsinore. Did you know what the Fall League was before you went there? Not really. I had to look it up as soon as I got told, really. like I was like, what is this? Like, is it cool or what? And I, like, I, I guess it's pretty good privilege. So It's really cool. Like yeah.
1: it, it, There is like, like, if you don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you, so you get there. You're around different guys from different organizations. You're around different coaches. Did you, did you pick any of the
0: brains there? No, I didn't. To be honest, really, I kind of our pitching coach, uh, Joel Hangram, he was uh, with Cleveland. I picked his brain a little bit just like on pitch, pitch shapes, like where he wants my sweeper and stuff. But other than that, I was just pitching good, so kind of wanted to okay, stay to myself so and keep doing what I was you, doing.
2: You call it a sweeper, but then Donovan said it looked like a curveball. You said it's kind of more like a curveball. Is it do you do you grip it like a curveball? Do you release it like a curveball? It's just the way that it comes out of your hand, it winds up moving sideways
0: yeah I, I grip it i actually noticed i looked up you darvish's pitch grips and like you know how he throws like three different kind of sliders mm-hmm. Me, like one of the sliders that he throws out of the multiple but we have the same grip actually i would like saw it online it's a shit i got baseball.
2: oh hey there we go hey little it's demo right, right here. here
0: i got it up against this horseshoe i just like dig my finger right there and then just let it rip
2: okay Blech. so both two fingers on there not not spiked
0: yeah. I like I like to, I I don't like the spike. It's uncomfortable.
1: Don't Everybody's hang around Adrian Morrow. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he throws that spike. He throws that knuckle curveball. Things
0: gross.
2: So, what was it like in the fall league? Was it? I mean, did did you make fast friends with the people that were there? Did you kind of do your own thing? How'd that go? Like,
0: it was it was the best experience of my life, hands down. Larry surrounded by great people, all big leaguers. Like Larry, every one of them had a big league mentality. I loved it. Like you, when you're around people like that, it for sure wears off and like rubs off on you. All the, all the staff was amazing. Like all the like, I don't know, just the greatest experience of my life, to be honest. It was awesome.
2: Yeah. I, I hear a lot of like, so you're, you're shy. And then like you're saying, like back when you were in, uh, in the, 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 the draft league, you kind of questioned yourself. Do you belong? And that must've been kind of the experience that kind of gave you a little bit of confidence. Like, okay, yeah, maybe yeah. I do belong. Maybe I, I, I am. Cut out for this,
0: yeah, hundred percent. I for sure felt that way after leaving the fall league and talking to some of our coordinators with the Padres, like asking them where they see me next year. Some of that confidence is definitely building up.
2: Ah, so are you going to try to set any goals for yourself next year?
0: Uh, I'm hoping I end in double A. That's my goal for me.
2: Okay, but I mean, ultimately, making it through the season, yeah, feeling good about how you've done and finishing healthy is the most important thing. How does your shoulder? How's your arm feel now? You know, after you had a couple of weeks off and and all this
0: feels amazing still feel like I was like when I was still there. Awesome.
2: Awesome. So now, okay. So it's Christmas time right now. Um, guys start rolling into camp like March, uh, January, like mid January. Do you have a plan on when you're going to go in?
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to the January strength camp. I got a flight for the eighth, I think. Okay. I'd be there for a month, getting some work in.
2: So in the meantime, you back back, uh, back home in, uh, in Missouri, back at your parents' house. Yeah. There's no shame in that.
0: No, I don't care.
1: No, <laughs> oh, dude. So you live on, you live on 32 acres. I talked, so I talked to your mom today. I finally, I reached yeah. out to her, and we we kind of chatted a little bit about that. Um, uh, you you live on 32 acres. You have animals there.
0: Yeah, or we used to at least had some cows. Yeah, not Did anymore. So you we had to, do, do you have to, do you, you had to
1: feed the cows growing up. You to yeah, feed as a kid. Oh
0: yeah, that was our life on the farm, dude. That's epic. So- how many? They so what changed?
2: Why they get? Why they get rid of the animals? What's going on now?
0: Well, it's because our grandparents are like our neighbors, and I guess they sold us land so we can build our house on it. So we're pretty much neighbors. So like we would just help. It was our grandparents' animals, so we just like go up there as kids all the time and help them around the house and stuff.
1: And then you have yes. an older brother and you
0: have a younger brother. How older yes. is your older brother? Uh, my older brother just turned twenty four this year, and then my little brother is nineteen. Oh, damn. Are, For, are, they, are they athletes younger- too? Yeah, both play basketball.
1: Yeah, that's a basketball family. That's one thing I was told about. Your mom said. Um, did you play ball with your younger brother? Uh, no, Is, I only play with just... my bigger brother. Okay, all right. Let's talk about that because you were in the sixth grade. Yeah. And your brother's team, you play with your brother's team. You didn't pitch back then, but you guys were getting just walloped. Yeah. And and you ended up
0: pitching for that for that game. Can you <laughs> sixth tell us grade, a little bit about, a bunch about it? Of eighth graders.
1: Dude.
0: I don't know why. I just I just remember being out there just crying, like because I was getting shelled. Like, why am I even out here?
1: Like, <laughs> you were mopping up. Who knew the future to come was going to be you on the mound?
0: <laughs> no way! Well, you just asked me that. Did my mom tell you that? Yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> oh my god!
1: But oh so growing up, you weren't
2: you weren't really a pitcher until you got into like high school. How did that? Yep. What was your position before that? Center field. Nice. Okay. All so like, now got- when. When they're Sorry. out doing batting practice, do you ever run around and just kind of shag fly balls for the fun of it? Oh, heck yeah.
0: I try I try to lay out for any ball I can possibly get. If there's no like outfielder out there taking reps, I'm I'm on that. I'm <laughs> every single ball is mine.
2: I we got a lot of good center fielders in the Padres organization. Uh if I if I was in your shoes, I'd want to be out there showing them like, hey, I can do this too.
0: Yeah. Better tell, better tell Jacob Marcy his spots up for grabs.
1: Uh Oh, Oh. shots fired. I love it. I love it. Can you stick? Can you, can you hit or did you hit in high school? No, no.
0: That's why I gave up the position.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you miss it at all? Eh,
0: Not really. I like striking people out more than hitting home runs. I get that.
2: I was a horrible hitter back in, in little league. And I, I don't miss any of that. I, I don't miss, you know, crying as I'm going back to the bench and sitting there feeling horrible about myself.
0: Exactly.
1: Oh man, now I'm now I've got the trauma coming back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Therapy for Roy coming in. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, hey, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here. Um, Let's let's uh, let's get into some quick hits and have some fun. Yeah, rapid yeah. fire. Let's do it. Okay. What do you do to escape from
0: baseball? Play video games, probably. What What's your video game of choice? Probably right now is probably 2K NBA 2K.
2: Okay. You got some Are guys on the team that you, that you play yeah. with?
0: Yeah, every once in a while. Nice. I know, I know Kobe plays the game a lot. When we were roommates, we played a little bit.
2: So growing up on land like that, did you do a lot of hunting and fishing growing up? Oh, yeah. Okay, because it sounds like we got a lot of hunters and fishermen among the I – and mean, we were just talking to Cole Puplum and uh, Robbie Snelling. Totally. These guys we were all talking about all that stuff. You guys yeah. kind of swapped just and war grew. stories?
0: Nah, no, re- I kind grew of out, grew out of that, to be honest. But as a kid, I did a lot. Got into high school. Basketball season was around the same time as hunting season, so I kind of just – wasn't able to go and kind of just grew out of it. Gotcha. Do you have any, okay, so you
2: have any, any superstitions? Are you funny about numbers, colors, food? Do you no. eat anything like that?
0: Superstitions? No, I'm not very superstitious.
1: Oh, good.
2: All right. All right. Okay, well, I I, you need to go back in time and find <laughs> out what happened on that magic day when you had the, the six <laughs> innings of no-hit ball and reproduce whatever that was, what the socks you wore or the side of bed you rolled out of. <laughs>
1: Dude, he was in, he was in Arizona and June. was like, whatever I can do to pitch my way out of this place, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Like, come on. Yeah. Have you had, have you been in that much heat before? Like, it gets hot.
0: Yeah, that's, I've never been in dry heat like that in my life. I've always been used to humidity.
1: Right. So they're like, but it's a dry heat. They're like, it's hot. It's- no, yeah.
0: It's 110 out here. What is dry heat? It's 110. <laughs> What do you guys do?
1: I mean, do you guys are just pounding water? What do they tell you to do? And that's kind of a question I've never asked before. Is What do you guys do to get through the heat so much? I mean, there's only there's only so much shade, you know, in the tiny
0: dugout you guys have in the backfields. Uh, there's only so much water you guys can drink. Do you, I mean, what do they do? Uh, they just tell us to, like, pretty much constantly be sipping on water when we're outside, like, any chance you get. And then just, like, whenever you go back into the facility, make sure you just, like, get your electrolytes in. We have these, like, little electrolyte packets that you just put in some water to get your electrolytes up. You ever tried man, the pickle never, juice? Yeah. Oh, I cannot drink that stuff, man.
1: <laughs> what, it's what so
0: gross. What is it? Pickle, pickle juice. juice. Oh, oh yeah. So gross.
2: <laughs> yeah, they say that it's supposed <laughs> to actually help your body absorb, absorb you know, take in like retain water. So you take a couple shots of pickle juice uh before a hot day. I guess it's something they do it
1: out in Florida or the bayou or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: they can keep it out there. Right. <laughs> I
1: remember when we were doing two days in high school football, they put salt tablets in the water. Ooh. And then they tell you don't drink so much. You you know you run down to the faucet and you just you're just drinking water. <laughs> Halfway back you're like bruh, bruh, yeah, just barfing up water. Okay, this we're off, but we're way off
0: track. <laughs> five Guys or In and Out? Five Guys all the way. Oh,
1: what's your
2: local chain out there? Do you have Culvers where you are?
0: Oh, Culvers is the spot out here. I gotta try that sometime. I've never had you never had curds. Culvers.
2: No, I got I gotta try it.
0: You've got to.
1: So is so it Culvers good. over the other two? Over Five Guys In and Out? hundred percent. Okay. Local.
0: Okay. And, uh, is, that just
2: of, is it because of the curds and the shakes and all that, or is, does the burger hold up? The burger holds up. All Both, right. Uh,
0: the smush burger, the smash patty.
2: Nice. All right. So on the food topic, does pineapple belong on a pizza? hundred percent. Yes.
1: My guy, Donovan vehemently disagrees.
0: <laughs> but so I had
2: it di-
1: I had it the other day. Cause we were, I was with other people. It, it's fine. It's fine. Um, for, for me as a chef, it, it it cools the pizza down way too much. There's so much water in and, and pepperoni that it cools the pizza down too fast, I think. I just like that way too hard about this.
0: Yeah. She had a nice little sweetness. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's all.
0: Okay. The one hitter that
1: you would face, living or dead? Probably Shohei. Woo!
0: That could definitely be a possibility. I, I know. Me and my dad were talking about that the other day. It's coming to our conference. It's pretty scary. Lefty. You on, know, let-
2: did you think at any point that you might? face matt carpenter last spring
0: oh uh, yeah i did have some thoughts i was hoping i was going to but it never happened
2: because right, you have random like oh hey we need you down on the back lots yeah. we're doing a, a sim game whatever and they'll pull somebody down just to throw
0: mm-hmm. and i was hoping i was gonna get the chance to at least they're against some big leaguer
2: well maybe it'll happen this but it's got to happen this spring
1: you got way more opportunity this year yeah. yeah hopefully okay so you're stranded on a on an island with food water and shelter what are the three things that you need a dog
0: two A Rubik's cube, interesting. (laughs) Pride is a good book. Harry Potter series. Harry Potter. Harry
2: Potter fan. Okay. So you 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 know how to solve the Rubik's cube? You good with that? No, you just want
1: something to frustrate you. Kill some time. (laughs) (laughs) What is it like? You who hasn't seen the videos of those kids? They're like they're standing there eh, and done. Yeah,
0: it's it's mind blowing. That's it's insane that that they can do that like i it's just I'd rather do that than throw a baseball hard
2: i I met this <laughs> my friend's daughter has a no collection though. of different Rubik's cubes. she's got like a five by five and she's got these giant ones that like I don't understand how you have the brain power to put that together i it's a whole different thing. It's incredible. oh uh, do you have it you guys have a dog there now? yeah, what kind of dogs do you have right now?
0: uh she's an Australian poodle, like an Australian shepherd in a poodle mix
2: oh interesting nice dog okay so if you can have a pet that's not a cat or a dog what would you like to have
0: Mm, probably a raccoon Raccoon. you ever see the videos of like those raccoons people have as pets no cutest cutest things ever dude so
2: and they've got their they've got the little hands how they hold
0: on to everything like i've always told myself if i ever find like a baby raccoon alone in the woods i'm taking it and raising it as my own
2: the thing is, those things will destroy your house. Like I've seen care. like they'll eat into your drywall and go through. I mean, they'll really? wreck the place. Yeah, I've, I've seen some clips about stuff like that, but I like that. A lot of people say, oh, give me a fish. Give me something. Oh, a bearded dragon, something that doesn't take any maintenance to, to take care of. You went off the grid. I like that.
1: I love that. Okay. So you're on American Idol. You're at the final. What song do you sing?
0: That's a great question. Oh, I don't even know. Boot scooting boogie. Maybe.
1: Boop scoop.
2: <laughs> nice. Nice. I love it. I love it.
1: Well, well, dude, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to yeah, us. Man. Um Awesome. Y- you know, you really just bursted on the scene this year. Uh, I-, I can't wait to watch the next season and watch you continue to d- develop as a pitcher. Um, You know there's there's a lot of raw talent there that i think if you develop that you know you certainly can make your way to the upper majors upper minors if not the majors man and you're 21 years old you're young you got plenty of time we're uh we're excited and thankful for you to have you on the podcast and dude really appreciate it
0: yeah i appreciate you guys it's a great time